0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that this message helps further your walk with Christ. If you would like to know more about our church and other ministries, you may find us on the web at www.sodobaptistchurch.org. It's Him, Jesus, the Resurrection. Most of the time during the year, we don't hear mention of the resurrection very often except during the Easter season. And around Easter, it's primarily about the event itself. It's what we hear around the Easter season. We, we hear about how Mary goes to the tomb and she finds the tomb empty. Her and a couple of ladies have gone with some spices. They're fixing to anoint the body of Jesus. They get there. The tomb is empty. And she is left there alone. The other ladies leave, and she's left there basically alone. She sees what she think is the gardener. Turns out that it's not the gardener at all, but it's Jesus. And you'll remember, Jesus says, Don't touch me, because I have not yet ascended unto the Father. He says, Go, she, he says, Go back and you tell the disciples that I have risen. So Mary runs back and she meets the disciples in the room and she begins to tell them how she has spoken with the risen Christ. I just talked to Jesus. I saw him. I talked to him. And the Bible tells us there, he says, it says that they believed her not. As a matter of fact, it says that it sounded like uh, idle fables. sounded like a storybook that she was reading from or something. They didn't believe her. You'll remember John and, and Peter, they take off from that room and they run to the tomb and they're going to inspect and find out uh, what she was talking about. Now, what we find out here is that's usually what you hear around Easter time. You hear about how uh, the resurrection took place. But some of the things I think we miss around the Easter season trying to proclaim this message is sometimes we fail to report the importance of the resurrection. So this is what I want to do today. This is what I want you to walk out the back door with this morning to understand is the importance of believing in the resurrection. The importance of believing in the resurrection. I remember I was at youth camp with one of my kids from Smyrna Baptist Church. And as I was sitting with him at camp and the invitation time came and he felt the draw of the Holy Spirit and, and as he responded to the invitation, me and him went outside the chapel and we sat down and I began to ask him these questions. Do you believe that you're a sinner? And he said, yes, sir. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yes, sir. Do you believe that he shed his blood so that for the payment of your sins? Yes, sir, I believe that. Do you believe that three days later he rose from the grave and he said, Mr. Bickley, I just can't believe that. I can't believe that somebody that has died and was put in a grave and they laid there for three days. Brother Bickley, I just can't believe that. Well, let me ask you the question. Is it possible for that young man to be saved? According to the scripture, it is not. And that's why I want to proclaim this morning the importance of the resurrection. It is not enough to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross to forgive our sins, and that that His blood paid our debt. That is not enough. Now... I told you to follow me in these scriptures. In Luke 24, I just skipped right over it. Luke 24, 11, that is where uh, they talk about where Mary goes to the tomb. Matthew 16, 21 is where she goes back to the disciples. So I've gone through those two verses this morning. But let me lay lay it out right to you from the start this morning. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Now listen, I, I want to make... Make no excuses for anyone to walk out this morning that they can say, well, you know what? I'm still not sure he convinced me that I've got to believe in the resurrection. I'm not real sure that he convinced me of that. Well, I want to make sure that I convince you of that this morning. Romans chapter 10 says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Thank you, Miss... Carolyn, for shaking your head, no. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. In that scripture right there, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that Jesus Christ came and gave his life, that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, if you believe that and believe that Jesus rose from the grave, then thou shalt be saved. That's cutting right to the chase. Another scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. Paul is talking to a group of people at the, the Thessalonian church, and this is what he's they're worried that some of the people that have died prior to Jesus coming back, they're like, man, we don't know if if what's going to happen to them. So Paul just kind of he says, Listen, 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 I want to I rest your thoughts. This is what he said. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, or who have died and went on, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope, in other words, those who do not believe in Christ, listen to how this is the qualification. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. What does it say there? If you believe that Jesus died and rose again. Well, I I just don't understand, Brother Wayne, If I need my sins forgiven, I need to believe that Jesus died on the cross. Old Testament tells us that they had to shed the blood of a lamb to cover the sins of the people that were back there and that Jesus was one day come and he would make the full payment. Why is it not enough to believe that Jesus died on the cross for the debt of our sins? Let me answer that question for you. I want you to know when Jesus died on the cross, he made payment for sin. But it takes something besides the payment for it now to be applied. Look what it says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 24. This is a verse maybe that you've never encountered before. But look what it says. I'm gonna wait. I hear I hear some of you turning. Romans 4 and 24. (coughs) It says this, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, that part right there. Who was delivered for our offenses? Talking about how he shed the blood. He made the payment for sin. Listen to this. And was raised again for our justification. Understand, it was the blood on the cross that paid the sin debt, but the resurrection is what allows us to take that blood payment and apply it to our lives. Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Amen. I'm glad y'all. Without the, without the resurrection, there is no salvation. There is no application of the blood that made the payment. Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Now let me tell you, a lot of people can comprehend and understand this blood payment, how Jesus came to this earth and was without sin. And because he was without sin, he can make this payment. Now listen, you have to understand, some people are really, really smart. Alright? And they can sit there and they can look at that and they go, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But this is what I call realist. See, a realist a lot of times is without faith because that person can sit there and he'll say, yeah, I can see, I can see how that plays out. But listen, Now, you're talking about a man. I understand that blood runs through a man's body. And I understand that it is pumped through the heart. And when that heart stops and that blood stops, if it stays stopped very long, it starts clotting in the veins. And if it clots in the veins, you need to understand, after three days in the grave, it's impossible for that man to come back alive. He's a realist. see he is without faith he lacks the faith that it takes to believe that God put him in the grave and that he rose three days later. I want you to know without faith without faith it's impossible to please God. I want you to know it's for by faith that we are saved through the grace of God that we can have eternal life without that faith in believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ we cannot be saved. We cannot be saved. I want you, before you walk out the back doors this morning, to understand the importance of the resurrection. It's Him, Jesus, that has rose from the grave. It's Him, Jesus, that was resurrected. It was Him that was on the cross that shed His blood, and it is the resurrection that makes that application for our justification. Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Romans 10 and verse 10 says this For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. In other words, in other words, it's with the heart that we believe. We believe what? Back up to verse number 9. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So it is with the heart that we believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ unto righteousness. It takes it all. I hear so many sermons preached today and I mean they're great salvation sermons, and they teach about the cross, and they teach about how the blood was shed, they teach about the prophecies, and they leave out the resurrection. Let me say it again. Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. You've got to take that step and understand what took place, and it is the resurrection that makes it applicable to our lives. Now, let's go to the key scriptures this morning. First, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> Paul writing to this church at Corinth. There are, and we'll get to the scripture in just a second. Again, there's a group of realists in this church, and they believe in Jesus. We're going to see this here in just a second. They believe in Jesus. They believe in the crucifixion. They believe in all, but they deny the resurrection. They deny the resurrection. That leaves them void of salvation. And, and Paul is going to break this down and say, Listen, without the resurrection, we have no hope. That's what he tells us. So let's look what he says. Now, we'll get there in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to begin here in verse number 1. It says moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel the gospel is the good news of salvation I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also you have received and wherein you stand that next verse is by which also you are saved this is what he's saying he said I came to preach to you the good news of Jesus I preach to you the gospel. Now, what I love about these next couple of verses, he is going in simple terms tells us what this gospel is that allows us to be saved. Verse number two again, By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you've believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Now, what is the gospel? What is the good news of Jesus Christ? That he died for our sins, and what? That he rose again. I'm afraid at Easter time we don't hear this very often. We hear the story and all the thing that leads up to the resurrection, but we do not hear the importance of the resurrection and the purpose of the resurrection. That's why I want to address this this morning. He said how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I want you to know, it, it was Jesus at one point in time, he began to tell the disciples, that's in Matthew 16, 11, he began to tell the disciples, he said, listen guys, I'm going into Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to persecute me. They're going to put me to death, but rest assured, I'm going to rise again the third day. He tells them that. More than one occasion he tells them that, but they did not understand that. It's not, it's not that they weren't told, it's their understanding was blinded from them for this occasion, but I want you to know today we have not been blinded by the Lord from this understanding. If you are blinded, what does the scripture say who blinds us? Satan. Satan is the one that blinds us from the truth. I'm here to let you know this morning, do not be blinded. Have those, have those blindfolds removed from your heart's eyes this morning and believe in what Jesus Christ has said about the resurrection. Verse number four in this scripture, he gives the evidences of these people who have seen Jesus. Verse five, and that he was seen of Cephas, which his name is Peter, then of the twelve, After that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained unto this present time. In other words, the time that Paul is writing this letter, but some have passed away or died. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. At last, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. I want you to know, Paul, when Paul saw Jesus, it was about five years after the resurrection. Five years later... Paul has a conversation with the risen Lord Jesus and talks with him, converses with him. Jesus teaches him the doctrines of grace. He spends that time with him. He says, all of these people have seen him and so have I. I saw him on the road to Damascus. Then later on, then we spent time together also after that. So he tells of all of these events the Bible, it, it doesn't even mention the two guys that spent time with Jesus on the road to, to Emmaus. But there were many, there's more evidence of Jesus' resurrection than a lot of other things that we find in history. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Skip down to now verse number 12. Skip down to verse number 12. Now this is the part where Paul is telling them, he says, listen, Some of you believe in Jesus, but you don't believe in the resurrection. Look what he says here. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? I hope this morning, as we have assembled together in this body of believers right here, I hope that there's no one in here that says, you know what, I believe most of what the Bible says, but that's one part I just can't comprehend. Or believe Well, let me tell you, if you can comprehend it, it's not faith. You understand what I just said? If you can comprehend it, it's not faith. There's things about the Scriptures that I cannot comprehend or understand, but I take it and I live by it by faith that I believe what God's Word says is true. So the reason that Paul is addressing this letter to them, he says there's some in here that do not believe in the resurrection. See what he says? Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Then Paul begins on this this teaching. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? In other words, if there's no such thing as a resurrection, then Christ has not been risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ didn't rise from the grave... I'm standing up here a liar today. And all of y'all are in here, y'all are being deceived by this liar that's standing in front of you if Christ didn't rise from the grave. Because I'm telling you that he did. But if we're preaching and he didn't actually rise from the grave, what I'm preaching is in vain and what you're believing is in vain. If Christ has not risen from the grave, verse 14, and if Christ is not risen from the grave, then our preaching is in vain. Our faith is also in vain, yea, and we are found False witnesses of God, we're liars, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not. If so be that the dead are not raised. Hey, let me tell you, where is our hope if there is no resurrection from the grave? I want you to know, I'm putting my faith that one day, if my old physical body dies. I want you to know I've got faith that Jesus Christ is going to come with a trump, with a shout of an archangel, and he's going to call all of those who are dead in Christ to meet him in the air. I'm telling you, my faith is dwelt on that. My hope is built on that. If there's no resurrection of the grave, I have no hope. There is a resurrection. Look at this. Verse 16, For if, if the dead rise not then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and you are in your sins. Did you hear that? If Christ did not rise from the grave, Jesus came and He died on the cross. He shed His blood for the payment of sins for the whole world. But if there is no resurrection, you are still in your sin. I am still in my sin. Without the resurrection... We are still lost people. My goodness gracious. This message ought to be preached more often. That it, it requires more than believing that Jesus died for our sins. We've got to believe that He died for our sins. He overcame death, sin, and the grave, and He lived again after being rose three days later. That's what the Scripture says. If we do not believe in a resurrection, we are still in our sins. In verse 18 it says, Then they also which are asleep in Jesus are perished. Now I know Susie didn't mention it, But at the same time, my daughter-in-law's stepfather died, about three or four days later, she also had a miscarriage. Without the resurrection, there's no hope for my newborn grandbaby that's in heaven right now. I've got four grandbabies in heaven that I have never seen. And by faith in what God's Word says, I'll see them again. Amen. But the Scripture right, right here says, Without the resurrection, I have no hope in those who are died in Christ. And I want you to know, I'll see my grandbabies again because of what the Scripture says right here. Amen. If in this life, in verse 19, If in this life only we have a hope in Christ, We are of all men most miserable. If the only hope that we have is that Jesus died on the cross for payment of our sins, let me tell you, if that's the only hope we've got, we are living a most miserable life because it's going to end poorly for you. But if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and you believe that God has raised Him from the dead... It's because of that resurrection that you believe in. He takes that application, that blood payment and he applies that to our lives and then we have everlasting life because of the resurrection. Verse 20, but now in Christ, but now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that sleep. For since by man came death, By man came also the resurrection of death. This next verse describes that. For as in Adam, all die. By man, death came into all the world. And by one man, Jesus, we can all now have life if we put our faith and trust in Him. Verse 23, I'm reading this because I will be speaking on this tonight. But every man in his own order, in other words... The resurrection that we will have, every man will have his own order and when he is resurrected, Christ the first fruits, that's the first one afterward, they that are in Christ at his coming, so that's still the first resurrection, but that's another event. I mentioned that in our class this morning. Then cometh the end, when he he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put all rule and authority and power. Skip on down to verse 44. I want us to look at something else. I, I heard this about two weeks ago, and I want you to know, when someone, I, I think it was Robert Jeffers, I think I heard him say this in a message, and and I listened to it over my phone, and I was able to rewind it, and I listened to it again, and I rewound it and listened to it again, because I want you to know, I got understanding greater than I've had in a long time concerning the statement that he made about our lives. Listen, listen to this statement, and then I want to read this verse. Physical death. I know many of us have been to funerals before, and many times you've heard the preacher say, this is his body, but he is not here anymore. Physical death is when our soul and our spirit are separated from the physical body. Now, did y'all just catch that? Let me say it again. The death of our physical body is when our soul and our spirit are separated from this physical body. So now the Bible tells us that when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. Understand when we take our last breath and this physical body, quits functioning, our soul and our spirit leave that physical body and is now present with the Lord. Listen to this. And this is what just really brought this home for me. Spiritual death. We're not talking about the physical body. We're talking about our spiritual. Spiritual death is when our soul and our spirit is separated from God. Now see, the thing about it is, y'all may have all understood that way before I did. But when he said that, I went, Oh my goodness. That is so true because there's a scripture that I have struggled with all my life in Romans 6 and 23 it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and I have often explained to people I said now you need, you need to understand that that word death right there means separation and I'm like well I know that that's what it means but the word death does not mean separation but when I understood that he is talking about the spiritual death, the wages of sin is spiritual death. And spiritual death is when the soul and the spirit are separated from God. So if you die today, if you die today without Christ, if you die today without believing in the death death, burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ you are not only going to die physically but you're going to die spiritually and if you die spiritually that means a total separation from an almighty God listen to this listen to this if you die without Christ today you are experiencing the closest thing to heaven you will ever experience do you realize that this is as good as it ever gets if you died today with Christ, <laughs> this is the closest to hell you'll ever get. Because it's only going to get better from here, folks. So I'm encouraging you today. I'm encouraging you today. I, I wished I had looked this scripture up. It challenges us, and I, it's in 2 Corinthians, I think, chapter 15 or 16. It tells us to do this. It says, Examine yourselves to see that you are of the faith. So this is what I'm asking this morning. I'm asking everyone in this room to take an inventory of where you stand with God. Take an inventory of where you stand with God. Have you based all that you believe only on the things that you can understand? if we're basing everything that we believe only on things that we can understand, we're going to live a life most miserable. But if we base our belief on what the Word of God says, in that He sent His Son, Jesus, from heaven to live on this earth as a human being, and He lived on this earth, and He lived a sinless life, and then He gave that life on the cross to pay your debt, your sin debt, And then three days later, He rose from the grave so you can take that sin debt that He paid and apply it to your life. That's what the Scripture says He does. That's what the resurrection does. Makes that debt payable to our lives. If you find this morning that you've never done that, I'm challenging you this morning that you give your life to Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, Brother Wayne, what does that mean? This is what it means. To call upon the name of the Lord means that you need to speak to Him. That means you need to pray to Him. That means you need to tell God exactly who you are. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that there's no way I measure up, but I know that your Son Jesus came and paid my sin debt. I know that he rose from the grave. I'm asking you to take that that sin debt that he paid and apply it to my lives and save me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do you need to do this morning? Inventory where you stand with God this morning. Let's stand together. (coughs) Father, I'm encouraged I'm 57 years old and there's a lot of things about this message this morning that I have not understood clearly my whole Christian life. But I'm so glad that that you open up my eyes to see things that I've never seen before and that you give me an opportunity to share those things with this group of people in this community. I, it's such a privilege that you've given me and I just want to thank you for that. But Father, I don't want to stop there. God, the, the challenge that you've given me, I pray that it's not falling on deaf ears this morning or deaf hearts. But God, your word has penetrated the hearts and as we stand and we inventory our standing with you. Father, if we've fallen short this morning, I pray that this would be a decision time that someone would come and pray And accept you as their personal Savior. Father, if they strayed from their walk, that they would let this day be a day of rededication, a recommitment. Whatever the need is this morning, (laughs) we know that you're fully aware of it. Help us to make ourselves aware of those same needs. Use this time, we give it to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing.